Hi everybody, happy Friday and welcome to Ezekiel's Wheel and the 15 minute rev. Some great music going on. I uh, got a slow start this morning. Got a little bit of a slow start, but I've got a prophetic word for you today. I'm going to go ahead and fade this out. This is a great song by Lifehouse. It's called You and Me. But I'd kind of uh, throw some really cool music in there this Friday. So anyway, we'll go ahead and fade it out and I'll get into the word. But uh, yeah, man, that's a great song. Hey, good afternoon, man. Hi, Caroline. Um, happy Friday. Hope you've had a great week as we fade that out. I always like really, really great music. I listen to like the Bing Lounge and stuff like that. So I like their their music. It's kind of chilling for a Friday. But I hope you've had a great week. I've got a word. And um, it's interesting the the topic that the Lord gave me for this whole week in all my quiet times has been dealing with friendly fire in the church and how God is really, he's really frustrated with the body trying to attack one another. And I'm going to get into that and explain all that to you. But this week, what has been hitting you with witchcraft? I kind of think this is really, really Ezekiel's will. Excuse me, main focus. If I can talk, our main focus is to help front runners and intercessors understand um, what we're dealing with as we move through contraction point two every year and through God's heart to help you maneuver through more easily. And so that's my job as a leader is to try to help you navigate and to help you understand what's coming at you. So you know what to bind, um, what to break off, and you can report that back to your intercession teams or what have you. But because the more we know, the more better able we're able to fight, right? And so, and the enemy is not playing a game in this hour. Have you noticed everything politically, everything in the news, everything's gearing up with the audits, things like that. So we know they're not playing a game, nor are we. We're not. We're in it to win it. And so if we're going to stay on top of this stuff, then we have to continue learning about it so that God can set our country free. And and I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. And we are going to win. We already are. So witchcraft is trying to mess with your time. You live in time where God doesn't live in time. So you need to be praying protection over your time. Psalms 91 protection. It's a protection scripture covering your times dimension realms, seasons frequencies of the spirit covering these things making sure you're always protected um which if you serve the lord you know that we are the time keepers your sons and daughters of Issachar, knowing the signs and the times knowing uh as part of the remnant what is coming at you in that season where you're at in that season you're able to track the time through god's heart as he moves you through the different quadrants of his heart there are four chambers to his heart we're in the second chamber right now we moved through c1 from january until april the 30th c2 starts chamber two which is the fiery chamber of his heart starts april the 30th and last through august 31st and i'll even go so far as to say it moves even into september 15th into the high holy festivals and stuff so you're gonna have to stay on top of this stuff you're gonna have to really be attentive and be tracking with this because you're a timekeeper and so along with timekeeping we also have to guard our timing our our movement making sure that we stay right in line with christ as he moves us higher okay so if you've been feeling out of sorts like the last week um, not wanting to press in kind of lethargic slumber kind of like you just i just want to enjoy my summer well that's not a i mean that's normal that would be the normal thing that we would be doing um but we're not living in the same times that we did 30 years ago. And so in order to combat this high level witchcraft, we're having to stay right on top of this stuff and stay attentive, make ourselves press through the lethargy, press through the slumber and stay alert. We're having to stay alert so that we can continue to progress. Okay. So um, these are the most critical months of the year as we move forward for transformation. And so you have to understand, too, that the enemy is raising up an army like God's raising up an army. And it's the army of light versus the army of darkness. And so your main objective is to continue climbing into the light of Christ on your life as he gets you freer from the flesh and freer from the things that keep you earthbound. So it's 
Although you're enjoying your summer, you also need to stay acutely aware that each year you're being transformed into a new part of Christ's heart. If you want to continue moving forward, this is what's gotten the church stuck in past years because we didn't know this was what God was doing. Um, We also need to pass the testings that are placed in front of us or be willing to attain needed deliverance so that we can keep advancing. That's uh, part of our jobs. If we want to go higher in this in a spirit of love, because God can't dwell where sin is. And so if, if we're to continue coming closer to his heart with a heart like David, then we have to get free from everything that so easily besets us. Okay. And if not, the church gets stuck and stays stagnant and our discernment wanes. And that's another issue we've dealt with as a church. So I know I'm early today, by the way, if you're coming on, you're thinking, oh, Dr. Miss, you came on early. Yeah, I did. I have an appointment at two o'clock. So (laughs) I have to get this done. But I wanted to talk to you today, too, because I knew the message was really, really significant for God to be talking to me about friendly fire for four days of my quiet time this week. He was just hammering down on it and hammering down. And, and I sense he's he's getting frustrated. He's getting frustrated with the body because of the body's... And, and let me say this too. Um, pardon me. Um, from, I guess from an emotional standpoint and from a fatigue standpoint, I get it. You know, I get that a lot of people have gone through a lot. And I know God knows it. He knows it. He put us in it. He allowed the testings to come last 30 years so he he's aware that we're fatigued he's aware that we're our our emotions were kind of short fused he knows that but it's all part of the test if we're to move higher because god knows what we're capable of he's put us in a position right now where we've been moved uh into such extreme places of our faith where we are being expanded, our faith is being expanded, our endurance is being expanded more so than we ever thought we could ever operate. And God knows we can do it. And if he thinks we can do it, then we can. We can. And so I believe he's doing it to also give us higher, uh, more willpower, but also uh, more fortitude, um, but also to expand our faith capacities to hold more light within us so that we're able to pray harder and pray wiser, but also have enough oomph behind our prayers as the spirit has been expanded. So the occult during this time has been busy hindering our transformation process through planetary magic. I've been talking to you about that all week. You need to be binding anything that gets you out of alignment and asking God to protect your alignment in the transformation process. Psalms 91, Psalms 34, all the above. You need to be praying that over um, your bodies, over your families, over your ability to move forward, asking God to protect it. So, um, and I want to say because of the few front runners who have chosen to forge on despite extreme hardship, this is the good news. You're about to enter in to some of the hugest blessings of your life. I mean that with all my heart. We're right on the cusp of entering in as a nation even because the Lord has been through all the testings and through all the fire and through all the transformation over the last 30 years. And and when we thought it would never get better, we thought it would never change. God says, I was preparing you for a blessing the whole time because my goal says the Lord was to bring and manifest heaven into the earth realm so that the world could see my presence on your vessels. I wanted you to be vessels of glory And Lord says, there's always a plunder at the end of every test. There's always an ending at the end of every test. There's an ending date when the test will end. And we're coming to that ending date now. And we're already moving into that glory place. So praise God, man. Um, But thank God for the front runners who kept going. We didn't quit. We didn't quit. Because God's setting you up for the wealth transfer. And I know you've heard that for years. But sincerely, within all my heart. I'm 55 years old and I've heard that all. I cannot begin to tell you all the ministers that have talked about the wealth transfer, the wealth transfer, but I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, I'm seeing it in my own life where God is coming in now. Boom. And he's just, it's coming in from all avenues. And I'm just like, Holy cow. I can't believe this. And it's bigger than I could ever imagine. It's bigger than you could ever imagine. And it'll come out of nowhere. 
out of nowhere. That's the way I'm seeing God move today. So he's got the blessings are on the way. Pardon me, but we have to stay aligned and keep choosing to trust Christ even when things don't make sense or we don't know where God is taking us because he knows where he's going. He's not confused about it. He's just asking us to trust him in the new place, which brings me to the prophetic word that he's shown me this week for the body. And it's kind of a hard word. So don't get offended. Just take it in stride and say, yes, Lord, and, and, and be willing to be changed. Be willing to be changed because we're in a new arena now. And when we step up into this higher level of love, again, God can't dwell where sin is. So if, hey, James, so if, if we're determined to have our own way in situations, love never demands its own way. It doesn't. And how will the world see that you're different if we don't behave differently? That's the truth. So this is that word. Friendly fire from within the body. The Lord has been speaking to me about his disgust with all the infighting within the body of Christ, especially from those who know better. The Lord told me that his foot was fighting for the hand's position and that some of the head was fighting for the heart's position when all positions are necessary in order for a body to function appropriately. The Lord says, if you can't get it together, I'll force you to align and you won't like how I do it, says the Lord. God says, have you not forgotten that I've called all of my children to be be at peace with one another, to always bless one another instead of curse and Lord says, because you cannot curse what I bless, says the Lord, nor can you force a section of my body into another position just because you think it appropriate or just because of your need to be seen. Some parts of the body are not seen, but felt, says the Lord, like the heart. Do you ever see a heart function? Do you ever see it outside of the body functioning? The Lord says, no, you'll hear, you'll hear its beat. You'll hear the heart beat, but You'll only feel its imprint or the things for which it holds, either for good or for evil. And at this time, I feel that some of your hearts are full of guile for one another instead of my spirit of love, for which I've called it to. The Lord says, why do you choose to continue demanding your own way when love never demands its own way? When your heart aligns with my own, you should begin to be led into greener pastures because of obedience in me. But if you continue to demand your own way, I'll have to leave you behind as a body part because I cannot use that type of a body function or body part and I'll have to find another. I can't, he can't use a heart that's continuing to operate in the flesh. He can't do it. He can't do it. So the Lord says, you choose. Today you have to choose where you're going to be in the future because moving up my mountain will not come from your flesh, but only from within obeying my spirit and my ways. Lord says, quit fighting over doctrine. Quit fighting over a way a person talks or the way a person presents. Quit fighting over things that don't matter and allow me to free you from the apparatus that hinders your ability to see truth, which is the blinding spirit of religion. Because love is the only thing that matters in this hour and it'll set you free in all areas of your life if you'll allow it to lord says that's my spirit that's the truth of who i really am so say it the spirit of grace so where is 15 percent of the remnant right now well you should be entering into the new move of god We've been talking about this new move, this new move of warring with the Lord in heavenly places. And and I was, if you saw my interview with Chris Carter, um, and I and I love the Carters. Uh, Chris and his wife Melissa are just super, super phenomenal people. Um, they have a ministry where they talk about discovering the heavenlies. You should go check out his website. He's a phenomenal teacher. But he he has a I call him the angel whisperer because he has interacted with angels all of his life and. And it's very, very, it's very real. It's very real. And they manifest whenever we do um, a ministry sessions with him and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I think he's coming to minister to our team in September. We're, we're trying to get the date arranged right now. But um, it, Chris talks about, when, when I was interviewing him, he and I were talking about how this new move was nothing like we thought it was going to be. Nothing. I, I don't even know what I thought it was going to be like. I can honestly just tell you that I, I maybe thought I had it aligned with religion, like I had always known church to be, 
when when I went to God about it and God started talking to me and he said, well, Missy, I'm seated in heavenly places. He goes, where did you think I was seated? And I was like, I don't know. I never thought about it. And he said, well, if I've seated you beside me in heavenly places, that means you're seated with me where that new move is taking place. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. And he goes, well, where do you think I'm seated? And I was like, in heaven, right? And he was like, yeah, but where do you think that is? And I had to really start wrapping my head around it and realizing that it's in the third heavens. Well, where are the third heavens? They're in outer space. They're in the space arena. The universe is the Lord's and the earth is his footstool. So that's part of that new move, learning to rule and reign with God, which is, I believe, why he started teaching us about the courtrooms of heaven, where we can learn to rule and reign the way that God says we're to be ruling and reigning, um, which which requires, uh, requires learning to war in the courts. It requires learning about all the court's attributes and its multifunctional ability as, as a as a weapon of war, as a tool, as a healing ability or a healing tool. I mean, you learn about all these different things that are at your disposal as a warrior, or you, we kind of stay earthbound. And I don't know about you, but I'm just kind of tired of feeling like I'm powerless. So we've stepped up into this new place and we're trusting Christ to take us there no matter where it goes. You're trusting him because you know he's got a good plan. So where's 15% of the remnant right now? Again, you should be entering into the new move of God, which brings us right into the topic matter for today's message. 1 Kings 8, 1 through 66, and it's called the new place of glory. Structure, the structure is almost complete over the United States to move us out of the old and into the new out of the old and into the new hey wafer warrior um I believe that's Kathy it's good to see you Kathy <laughs> are you enjoying your Friday I hope you're enjoying your Friday <laughs> it's always great to see you guys but um anyway we're into the new place a lot of the remnant has moved into the new they're learning the courtroom tools they're learning how to be seated with christ in heavenly places they're becoming the timekeepers the sons and daughters of Issachar that god meant for us to be and and we're stepping into this new place of ruling beside christ thank you holy spirit and i don't know about you but <clears throat> lately the lord has been talking to me like i'll be asking him about certain things and he said well you're not waiting on me to do it missy I'm waiting on you to say something about it. I'm waiting on you to decree a thing over it or to change it through prayer. You're not so we're not waiting on God to do all these things that we think he's going to do. He seated us beside him for a reason. So anything that's going to be done from here on out, hey Helen, how are you? Um anything that's going to be done from here on out is going to be done through our faith in him our positioning in him which is why it's imperative that we learn his ways it's imperative about knowing what season we're walking in whether it's contraction point one or chamber one of his heart chamber two of his heart because within each chamber is a season within that season is a particular function okay within that chamber are specific tribes and each tribe of israel has their own functions that can bless the body we're all iron sharpening iron for each other so there's a lot going on a whole lot more when i talk about the contraction points than just the overview that you're getting kind of an idea about there's a whole lot of details going on we we've entered into the Maseroth. the Maseroth is the holy clock of god it's in the book of revelations go look it up chris carter talks about it you can learn about it through him i'm not going to reinvent the wheel by going over information that's already out there but go check it out it's really interesting and so you're learning through learning these new concepts and this new move how to rule and reign you're learning how to rule and reign and it's exciting it's a lot of fun so we're moving out of the old and into the new. And, and this is everything that the remnant's been fighting for the last 30 years. We've been fighting just for this. And so it's been a long road where God has really had to place his body in the fire, literally the fire for years to refine us up to these higher levels of kingdom. And those who have chosen to move upward into the higher places have paid a very high price to walk here. I, I know a lot of us have lost relationships. We've lost family members. We've lost uh, we've lost wealth. Hey, Sharon Turner. We've lost things that we thought would never change. 
And the only thing is that not everybody was willing to go with us where God was wanting to take us. And not, I'm not saying they won't come around. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we're going to get to that in a second, too. And that's going to really encourage you for a lot of you who have been because a lot of us, we love, we have a gift of love. And so if you're a front runner, some are given the gift of faith, others joy, but very few are given the gift of love from birth. I talked about that. All front runners are usually given a gift of love, which is the presence of Christ in your vessel from birth. But you still had to go through the salvation experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And come into destiny and come into your position of front running. So now that you're finding out who you are, when you're given a gift of love, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want to leave anybody behind. I'm thinking, well, no, I want to, this is a wonderful gift. I see what God's doing. I want to share it with everybody around me, but not everybody's willing to listen. Not everybody's willing to accept it. And not everybody understands it. And so that's why God said, I had to move you ahead for a season and let you continue to climb because through your obedience, Joseph, many were going to get set free. So God, God's not just about us getting free. He's about setting the multitudes free. Okay. Gatekeeper. There's a gatekeeper for every family and every generation on every level. And there's a, there's a front runner. That's the gatekeeper. That's the Joseph. They're all one and the same. And every one of us have specific functions that we do for our generations to help set the multitudes free to keep the whole bloodline moving up the mountain. So that's why your clouds of witnesses are in heaven. I'm going to go here. It wasn't in my notes today, but I'm going to go here because it's imperative. Um, you've heard of the things, and I think Kat Kerr said it. It's Hebrews 12, 1, Matthew 6, 10, where your, your, your clouds of witnesses root you on. And they're like, come on, James. Come on, Misty. Come on, Caroline. You can do it. You can do it. And they're like, yeah. And if they get worried about you because they stand at the bowels of heaven looking over, uh, looking, looking out for you and while you're running your race, and they'll run to Jesus and they'll like, Jesus, did you see that? Did you see what's, what they're going through? Did you see what Caroline's going through? I need you to do something, Jesus. And, and they'll be like, and Jesus will be like, come on, well, let's pray for them. And so they're praying for you while you're running your race because what they couldn't complete in their journey in the earth, God's using your vessel to help all the generations prior to you to complete and step into. God says, I'm no respecter of persons. What I do for one, I do for all. So God's like, you're going to help pull everybody up their mountain. As you climb higher, do you realize even the people that have gone on before you are being pulled higher through the obedience of Christ on your life? And that's exciting. That's so exciting to me. I think that just shows the, the, the goodness of God. I mean, the goodness of God like I've never seen before. And it gets me super excited. So that's the good news. So we're going to move on with this conversation. So you paid a high price to walk here. And those that have chosen to stay at the lower levels of the mountain are experiencing those ramifications now as they're beginning to see the darkness try to encroach upon them. But God, God is still in control. Don't lose focus right now. But it's a place right now, a new place of glory. A God starting to pour out his spirit onto those who chose to dwell with him on the mountaintop for that glory to start trickling down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. So as you hit the new place, front runner, all it takes, this is the best part about being a front runner. All, and even though it's hard, it's stressful being a front runner, but it, it's, it's fun at the same time. So it's like a, a bittersweet thing going on because all it takes whether you're in a church body, in a family, at work, wherever, all it takes is one of you to burst through and you burst everybody behind you through. It's the same concept that's used in worship where you you have that one person who hits that right note in the corporate anointing under corporate worship and all of a sudden, boom, everybody burst through into the presence of God. Same cat, different color. Only thing is that you're front running in the spirit and that's exactly how it's utilized. So you're bursting a whole people group in your bloodline through as you burst through through Christ in you and also your church groups because we're all connected by the spirit. So isn't God good? <laughs> so good like that. So it's in this new place. God's starting to pour spirit out. And we, what does this consist of? Um, what helped to create the new place of glory? I'm going to say a lot of elbow grease, a lot of obedience and consecration, a lot of obedience and prayer. And that's starting to give you a new testimony as God brings you forward. Um, the obedience and consecration came from getting free, being made more pure in order to move closer to God's heart with the heart of David. 
that takes obedience. That takes discipline. And by the way, have you noticed that as you climb higher, how God is requiring more discipline? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because as you as you move forward every year, you're moving up and up and up through God's heart. And the transformation process starts to require us because the dark darkness gets darker, right? So, but the transformation process requires us to apply more discipline as the witchcraft starts getting darker and more intense. So what does that look like? What does that feel like? And we're at a great place for me to explain that, actually. Um, perfect place, as a matter of fact, in contraction point two, because contraction point two is all about learning to fight witchcraft at higher levels. But it's also the fiery part of God's heart where everything that wasn't delivered in contraction point one, which is January through April 30th, now God's going deep. He's going deep and he's pulling all the dross to the surface so you can be refined as pure gold. Now, what does he do? How does he do that? He does that by allowing outside pressure, witchcraft, to come in and and it allows the freer you get, it allows his spirit to draw near, which brings in more pressure. The presence of God brings pressure. Seriously, have you ever noticed that? Whenever your vessel gets around people that haven't been around you in a while and you've gotten a lot of freedom and all of a sudden they start manifesting all over the place, that's because the demons on them can't deal with the pressure of God's spirit on your vessel. So it forces a manifestation. So don't freak out when those things are happening. Don't react. Respond. Just respond in love and stay stay disciplined. Stay uh, in the place of love to where you don't react to it. You're responding. So the only thing they see is Jesus. So that's part of this new place. But your obedience has brought consecration. consecration um, and it's brought in through prayer. And discipline in meeting God at your appointed times. I always tell my teams, um, make sure you keep your appointments with God. If you've got a prayer time at a certain time of the day or night when you meet with the Lord, be obedient and keep it up. That's discipline. And because when, in order to go higher in him, if you show up, he shows up. And trust me, every time I look forward to him showing up, I really, really do because I get a specific insight as to what's going on in my life, specific insight as to what's going on in the kingdom. And when, as long as I know what's going on, I'm cool. I don't like walking in the dark. I don't know about you, but I hate walking in the dark. And so we're in a phenomenal, phenomenal place right now. So in all of this, all this testing is brought on to give you a testimony. How would we develop? We wouldn't have an ability to, to develop in any other way. And so as you're coming out of the old and into the new now, all these band-aids are being torn off your bloodline. All these cursings are being are being freed off your bloodline to where now you're able to walk into these new higher places of Christ. And so you're attaining a new testimony, which gives God's glory for everything you've been through in order to be walking in here in this new place. So as our temples are restored and as God moves us into blessing, we then serve as walking, talking testimonies of God's goodness. And the remnant is now entering into the new place of blessing to where this wealth transfer can begin to manifest for all the years of testings you've walked through. Every testing has an ending date. And we're finally coming to that. So this this brings us to Acts 7.51-8.13 through 8, 13, where the Lord says, Quit rejecting the truth. Quit rejecting my deliverers. Quit it. Quit rejecting my new move. Because about this time, enough of the remnant has gotten a taste of that new move through the courtrooms of heaven. It's part of it to understand that they're already stepping into it. So as long as you trust the Lord and you quit letting the spirit of religion, because a lot of the body is still getting free from the residue of religion, from the apparatus of religion and their thinking um, in their bloodlines, in their actions, in the way that they think God is versus the truth about who God says he is. And so as we get this apparatus off, our ability to see the truth and to see things from God's perspective is enhanced. And we step into places that many in the body have never been. They've never been. That's why people call you a heretic. (laughs) They call me a heretic. You're a heretic. Chris and I were joking around about that. (laughs) He's like, yeah, man, I've been there. (laughs) It's like... But we can't help it because we're front runners. And so we're just walking out our destiny with where God has trained us to walk in. We've been here all our lives, just like you, a lot of you. And so we wouldn't have stepped into this place had we not trusted God, right? 
So this is the new place that God's saying. But in order to get there, we had to trust somebody to get us here by listening to Christ on their lives, our mentors usually, which is they were probably deliverers. So we may not look like or sound like you thought we would, but we're every single thing God meant for us to be. Because God knew it was going to be needed for this season and for this people group because of the level of darkness operating on society. And just like American Christians have had this problem with deliverers or with the truth, so did Israel. Israel had this problem too. They didn't they didn't like Moses. They didn't recognize Moses. They didn't recognize or like Joseph, if you think about Joseph's brothers. Nor do they even like Jesus. And all three were deliverers. And God's people, American Israel, they didn't receive God's deliverers then or the first time they were sent in, but they will the second time. They're going to receive them the second time because people are waking up right now in this hour to see what's really going on in our society. And it really is a battle between good and evil. And so in order to operate and battle it, we're having to step up into these new tools, into this new place, into this new move that's going to allow us to overcome. And I praise God because all it takes is a few good men and women and then boom, God's burst through onto the scene. And that's what we're fighting for. So especially it's the time when Jesus comes onto the scene because God is, that's his ultimate objective, right? Is to prepare a people group, get us ready for revival um, so that we can be ready for when he comes onto the scene. But it's not quite that time yet. So what we're dealing with right now is the enemy trying to come onto the scene early before his time. And God's like, "Uh uh-uh, I've raised up my timekeepers and you're out of time. So get back. And he's smacking him back into place saying, don't you dare raise your head in this hour. It's not your time. Remember, Jesus told his own mother that woman, it's not my time. He knows the time, not his time, but he knows the seasons is what I'm going to say. So we're called to be timekeepers as well. You know, and it's funny to me, um, this, I'm going to be honest about this. It's funny to me how people will run to Christ when all hell, when all hell's breaking loose, but they run from the church or from God's truth when God's trying to place them into a place of safety. He's really trying to do this for our own protection for the future. And it's so important in this hour that we obey and we quit fighting his ways. We quit fighting him. Lord says, quit fighting and demanding to go back like a dog to your vomit or to your dysfunction and learn to trust me, says the Lord, in these healing seasons. The healing seasons are in C1 and C2. What do you think accelerates you in C3, C4? I always tell our teams when you, when we get into the high holy days, I love C3, C4. Who doesn't? Because you're out of C2 and out of all the pressure, but I love it. Because there's so much angelic uh, activity. And I tell my teams, I said, you guys need to keep pen and paper beside your bed from September 15th through January 1. Because there's going to be so much revelation coming forward, preparing you for the new year, that you're going to want to write it down, write it down, track it, write it. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And so when you know what you're dealing with and you understand how to maneuver through these times, are you better able to face it and emotionally prepare yourself for the pressure? Because trust me, between now and July, I want to say 21st, I think the 21st of this month, or excuse me, July 21st is the ninth of all, if I'm correct, for 2021. It varies for every year. But you're going to want to try to get as free as you can because the ninth of Av is the worst day of the year for intercessors and front runners. It is. And it's because we're having so much stripped off of us and we're being put under so much pressure for that one year, or excuse me, that one day to fit through the eye of the needle. And that's the one place you need to get through out of the old into the new. So from now until July 21st, your main objective should be to focus, stay alert, don't lose, don't be talked out of it, don't get bar ditched, don't, don't be talked out of losing your focus. If you can't have an appointment with God, keep your appointments, but get there and get free. Get free. It'll make it such an easier transition for you. And we did that last year and it actually worked really beautifully. And we learned a lot about taking our teams to a lot of deliverance and C1 specifically to make C2 a lot less pressuresome, especially moving into July. So going back to the task at hand, 
um, God is tired of the stubbornness and he's trying to move us into the blessing so that we'll be safe in the future because as the world progresses forward, the darkness will still continue to get darker. But in order for God's people to come into safety, we have to be willing to do the things he's telling us to do. And the Lord says that the wise see the patterns of the past and they learn from them. But the unwise live as if there's no God and as though the darkness cannot touch them. We see that right now. They keep in the Bible talked about it. People continue getting married and they continue partying as though nothing's going on. And we're seeing that right now. But you need to stay focused, especially as God moves you higher. And so this is the same mentality that Israel struggled with, which is what got them enslaved to the Egyptians because of their refusal to deal with the darkness of their own hearts. When we're not paying attention, we can become slaves to the enemy. Didn't we see that in our bloodlines? So God has spent all the last 30 years freeing you. Why would you want to lose focus now? I wouldn't want to lose the focus. So when we refuse to get free, um, it's usually because a lot of it's a spirit of familiarity. And a lot of it is because it's all our hearts have ever known. That's why we battle within our families and seeing family members not want to change or be changed. And so the Lord says, why are you going to sit here and fight with people when everybody's got a choice in the matter? He goes, you just continue doing what I've called you to do and I'll deal with them later. But you burst through front runner because all it takes is one of you to burst through and you burst everybody through. So make it a point to listen to the truth in this hour, no matter how difficult it is to hear. Make yourself listen so that you can come up my mountain, says the Lord. The prince of this world promises the people a magic formula in order for them to see change. Have you not seen that in politics, etc.? But the real change that's to come will only come from within through Christ as he brings us higher. That's the only way we're going to see change. You can make promises all day long, but they're, they're made through the flesh. They're empty, which moves us into Psalms 129, 1 through 8. We're doing pretty good. We're at 38 minutes. And it's speaking about Israel's afflictions, John Deere Green and the plowing. I thought that was funny when God said John Deere Green. And I was like, what is that? What does that mean? And he's like, let me talk to you a little bit about plowing, Missy. Plowing's not always so comfortable. Matter of fact, people usually hate it. They usually hate the plowing seasons. But the Lord says, I'm in a season right now where I'm trying to clean up your field. Do you not agree that you have a garden of Eden within you, the kingdom of God within you? And do you, would you not agree that it's your responsibility to maintain that garden? As to what gets planted within it, what types of rodents get in there to try to keep it free from snakes. Would you not agree with that? That's what he's challenging us to do. He's challenging us to look within and look at our gardens from within to find out what was planted. Maybe not by you, maybe by forefathers through the sins of the father still. But you're trying to get all bad seed out of your garden. And the Lord says, if you planted the wrong kind of seed, then now is the season to take care of that. What does he mean by that? Lord says we reap what we sow. See, the enemy knows the spiritual laws of God. And so he's always trying to get us to break the law against ourselves, to hinder our growth and our transformation. How does he do it? He does it within our gardens. So during this plowing season, Lord says you don't want to plant anger and malice. You don't want to be in the flesh as you move up your mountain. You don't want to react in the flesh or in your emotions. You don't want to be emotionally driven, even though you're under pressure And even though society's acting like hell and they're trying to get you to act like hell and to react and agree with the devil through your speech, through your prayers, through your decrees, you don't want to do that in this hour. You don't. And the reasoning is it's because you reap what you sow. And so if you plant anger and malice, you will reap that same spiritual return. And also the Lord says that's why we bless those who persecute us and we don't curse our brothers. The Lord says you cannot curse what I have blessed you can't a curse cannot come without a cause but in the kingdom in the dealing with our brothers and our sisters we cannot curse what God has blessed so how do you deal with people who are immature believers or people who may not know better they think they're doing God a big favor and that's that baffles me people think they're they're standing up through the apparatus of religion on their vessels thinking they're doing God this big favor and I'm going to stand up against this tyranny and these heretics God because I don't understand the new move of God that's based in pride 
It's based in arrogance, which goes before fall. It's also based in tyranny and in treason because they're siding with the enemy's camp and they don't even know they're fighting for the wrong force. So first of all, before you presume that you know a thing, I would think it would be wise to go to the Lord first and ask what he has to say about a topic, even if I may not be there yet. I don't ever judge another person's faith. The Bible says not to ever judge another man's faith and not to ever try to judge another person because they're eating one type of food versus the level of food that I'm eating at or the table that I'm eating at at a lower level, vice versa. You know what I'm getting at right now? So we're not to judge each other because the Bible says in Matthew 7, 12, judge not lest you be judged. So we have to understand these spiritual laws if we're going to be successful in the transformation process and keep moving quickly through God's heart and quit working against ourselves through our bad sowing. Okay. And people don't like that. They don't like it. They don't like the truth. I've seen the numbers go down while I'm talking to you about this. People don't like hearing that. They're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. That's fine. Run away. Stay in your own vomit. But don't spew that venom over here. Because the reasoning, you you can try to justify all day long your reasoning to stay in the flesh, but you'll only stay stuck on that side of the mountain. And so in this season where God's saying, I'm, I'm, laying, I'm laying it out, I'm making it plain, I'm making it easy for you to understand. Quit doing this, do this. Quit doing this, stop doing that, do this. And it's going to take discipline. To learn a new way takes discipline. To change an old mindset takes discipline. It also takes healing and deliverance. But this is the new place God's got us. So in those difficult seasons when God is changing us, we need to trust the Lord to help us while he uses the difficult plowing of enemies to teach us hard lessons while we learn to walk in his ways. Everything's used by God. Everything's used by God. Remember, it's going to either be the flesh and being emotionally driven, or it's going to be love. There's only two choices you have in this season. And the flesh is not God's way. It's not. We saw what it did to Jesus by putting an innocent man on the cross. So God wants us to respond in love when we're wronged he wants us to learn what that looks like what that feels like what that acts like and by the way i'm going to add this two to this and no i'm not adding two and taking away from i'm just telling you in this in this particular place picking up the offenses of others let's go there let's go there it makes people look like horses rears when you pick up the offenses of others i'm going to be blunt in saying that Because let me tell you what happens when you get offended for your friends or for family members. And Jesus didn't ever let people go to him into arguments like that. Remember his argument with the two brothers who said, Rabbi, are you going to judge this this situation between the two of us? And he told them himself, it's none of my business. You work it out. If you evolve with your brother, go to your brother. If you say you're my child, then be who you say you are. Practice my ways. But if you pick up the offense of somebody else, what happens, pardon me, what happens, especially you don't ever want to do that when someone's families. You don't ever want to do that because blood's thicker than water for one. But for two, what happens is that the initial offense that occurs is usually reconciled between those two people. And then the person who they went to and blabbed to and didn't cover their family or didn't cover the people in with love. Love covers a multitude. True love covers. It expects the best of people. But it also gives people the time and the room to change because we're all in a transformation process. But what happens when you pick up the offenses of somebody else is that the two people who the initial offense happened with, they move on. They usually hopefully reconcile or they part. Okay. Usually they reconcile at some point in the ball game. But what that does to the person who picked up the offense, then you're stuck with the spirit of offense. You're stuck. And until you reconcile that bitterness, that was none of your business to begin with. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how many people in the body of Christ do that all the time? And they do it. They get goaded into these conversations. I'm not gossiping about so-and-so, but I'm concerned. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Shut your mouth. If you can't say something nice, be quiet. Be quiet. So, Wisdom, to me, and this is something my my parents taught me and my grandparents, this is something I can honestly say, but my my dad's side of the family too, is that 
I all my life I not, did not ever hear them say one bad thing about anybody. That's the truth. They just didn't say anything. And I often wondered, I thought, well, that I'd be thinking when things would happen, I'd be thinking, that is so cockeyed. I would just have told them this and da 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 and although I didn't. But as I got older I learned. The reason they didn't is because that's not God's way. It was none of their business. So I believe if we're going to plant good harvest and climbing our mountain for the new place that we're going into, God's saying, okay, you're, you're wanting to come up higher. You've asked me to deliver you. This, this is the set of protocols on this level that you're going to have to implement in order to abide here. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask what you will and I'll do it. But God can't do where sin is. So we're going to have to learn these new tools on this level, the new protocol, if we're going to stay here. So let's keep going. We're almost done. So we can't live emotionally driven. We have to live love led um, because we live in an emotionally driven society. And if we act just like they do, it won't make us look any different from them. Nobody will know the difference between the two of us. And so we don't want to act and give God a bad name by allowing our emotions to drive us. Um, even when people mistreat you. And because the reason is if, if you learn not to react, but to respond in love when people have mistreated you and they know they don't deserve it, that's what makes you set apart. That's what makes them think, huh, there's something different about that. I didn't deserve that reaction. I didn't deserve that response. But, and God knows that, but we didn't deserve the response God gave us. So we have to give him a good name. We don't want to give God a bad name. So plowing times can be productive times if we're able to see our weaknesses and allow God to heal and deliver us out of them instead of allowing those same weaknesses to ruin our lives through bad harvest seasons. Remember, we live by seasons. This is per Kenneth Copeland, by the way. We live by seasons of seed plus time equals harvest. So you may have a grace period of time between the bad seeds that you've sown, but you're always going to reap what you sow. Make sure you plant good seeds. Plant good seeds. If you've planted bad seeds, let's do that now. Say this after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I renounce and I repent for any bad seeds that I've sown in past seasons from today back to Adam and Eve with Matthew 24, 36. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. And I ask you, Father, to cancel out all bad seeds I planted with 2 Samuel 7, 1 and 2. And then, Lord, set a guard over my mouth so that I only say what you say. I only say what I hear my father saying. In Jesus' name. All right. So I got you past that point. We're wrapping up. Seeds, obviously, are words that come from our mouth, even when it's even the word of God. If you're praying the word of God and mixing the holy with the unholy, that'll get you in deep kimchi really fast because you can exhaust God's grace because God specifically says if i didn't say a thing it has to fall to the ground so if god didn't give us permission to speak that that word over that situation and we're just trying to be vengeful that'll get you in deep kimchi with him so and that'll also you'll reap a bad harvest where you keep getting that stuff back you don't want to sow a bad harvest you want to sow love so which brings us to proverbs 17 1 that talks about better is a dry morsel with a with quiet people than a house full of feasting with strife. And Solomon gave this example, and he talked about this proverb and how it conducted a thought experiment. And he was talking about imagining a family with only stale bread to eat, and then another family with a Thanksgiving feast every day because they were always careful about what they said. They watched over their words. They didn't react to everything. They responded. Love will take you a long way. It's like bees to honey. Instead of vinegar, you can catch a lot more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. So I hope you're encouraged today. Um, if you didn't notice up here, I want to thank Margaret Rowe, our sponsor. Uh, Margaret won a Designer of the Year in 2019 in L.A. Go check out her stuff online. She designs beautiful jewelry, absolutely beautiful jewelry. And if you're listening, thank you, uh, Margaret Rowe, for your sponsorship for our program. Um, she listens frequently, and we love her. We want to have her on the show to tell her what's 
you know, interview her and let her talk about what crisis is in her life and whatnot. But also, thank you to Smack Talk Radio. We want to thank all of our sponsors today for sponsoring us. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing. You can hit the button in the upper right-hand corner and, and share, share, share. Encourage somebody today. C2's hard. It's a hard place. And so we want to encourage you guys. We rev you up for the, for the week on Mondays and we rev you up for the weekend on Fridays. But consider subscribing. If you're looking for a tribe, um, email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com or you can go to our website at ezekielswheel.org. Go check it out. If you want to look for new prayers, we don't give you as much as we'd give you as a member, but if you want to become a member, um, you can submit your application there and we'll vet you. We'll vet you. And it's a wonderful process. Um, After you're approved, we take you through extensive boot camp. Um, and you have to have God, God does have to approve you to be on the team. Um, because it is a pressuresome thing to step into front running. It's just, I don't understand why it just is different, but it's also super rewarding. And, but we'd love to work with you. We'd love to train you. And most of my people have been with me quite a while, probably for about five or six years going on about six years now, but, um, do that. Email me, yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. We'd love to get to know you. And if you don't get selected, I've made a new friend. <laughs> so there's no harm, no foul there. But anyhow, I hope you have a great weekend. If I don't catch you the rest of the day, please know that I love and care about you and that we're rooting for you. And uh, we'll always be here for you. So until then, I'll see you on Monday, but have a great weekend, guys. Bye-bye.